Welcome to General Conference Review, the podcast where we provide peanut gallery commentary and sometimes thought-provoking analysis of the semi-annual General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hosted by a team of experienced and professional individuals. Well, maybe not professional, more like average, like very average and kind of knowledgeable. Our podcast offers an average Joe's insight and reflections on the teachings and doctrines presented during the conference. But we don't stop there. We also encourage our listeners to review the conference talks for themselves in order to gain the fullest understanding and benefit from the messages shared. As a Christian podcast, we strive to to create an engaging and informative experience for listeners of all backgrounds, drawing on the desire to follow the prophets and, and apostles, which offer a unique perspective on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Join us as we explore the latest teachings and messages from the leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and dive deep into the spiritual insights that can be gained from studying the words of the prophets. Welcome to another extraordinary edition of General Conference Review. Uh, My name is Kevin Beamer and with me tonight is my very good friend and confidant, uh, the beautiful and intelligent Todd Bruce. How's it going, Todd? I am outstanding, Kevin. It's uh, It's been a good day. How about yourself? Uh, fantabulous. Uh, <laughs> I like that word. Mixed with a little bit of humility, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> today, we're going to go over the talk, Have I Truly Been Forgiven? by Elder K. Brett Natris of the 70. This is from April 2023 General Conference, once again, which is where we've been lots lately, uh, because that's the conference that we're covering. (laughs) So this is actually a short talk. That doesn't mean that Todd and I won't talk forever, but this is a short talk. And we really like the principle that it makes us think about when we talk about, have I truly been forgiven? But before we get into that, there's a lovely... A little tangent that he starts off about when he was a young father, his family had just uh, moved to Idaho, opened up a new business. He was working a whole bunch. He had three kids, three daughters under the age of six. And one day he got a note from one of his daughters, his five-year-old daughter. And it said, I'm just going to quote it. It simply read, dad, remember to love me, love Michelle. This was a powerful reminder to a young father about those things that matter most. And we talk about things that matter most, like we throw that out. Uh, We don't necessarily discuss what we mean when we say things that matter most, but we throw that word out lots, hey, that phrase, things that matter most. And I thought this was really delightful because (laughs) we know that maybe we love our kids. We know that maybe we love our spouse. Uh, We know that maybe we love our extended family, friends, etc. But we have to go through and show them that love in order for it to be real. Uh, One of the old school church uh, commercials that they used to run is family. It's spelled T-I-M-E, time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think of this uh, with if I can say to my kids I love them, but there's a difference between me oh let's hang out or oh yeah let's play this card game unstable unicorns again even though i don't want to play it or whatever that looks like there's a significant difference 
of how love comes across or you've not done what I've asked you to do, or you're being difficult. How do we behave in those situations? So I really like that thought of how do we sort of refocus and really make sure that love comes through. We, we talked about doing Moroni's quest recently, and there are a couple of people that came up to me afterwards and told me that I'd done a good job acting and whatever. And they were like 12 and 13 year old boys. And so I was joking with everybody that was my target market because that's <laughs> easier than just accepting that, that compliment, <laughs> right? They're trying very hard to say, Hey, Kevin, we appreciate what you did. And I'm trying very hard to say, don't tell me that I was good. <laughs> so it's just interesting how we put up these walls. And it's a, it's a, I think it's a way to impact. We, we, we look to, to minimize what we've done and we downplay it. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, what, what was done or what the effort made were, were pretty amazing. We're, we're, uh, you know, that we were just talking again uh, before we recorded about the efforts made. How You know, yeah, was everything done perfect? Well, not quite, but it was it was done very well. And a lot of uh, uh, solid effort was put in by a lot of different individuals. And they should all be proud of the efforts that were made. Uh, and not proud in that they're going to pat themselves on the back and, and show how much greater we are than anybody else. Uh, we're all just trying to push the work forward and, mm -hmm. uh, and it's good. Anyway, it was, uh, matter most, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because we often tend to, I don't want to say abuse, but or, or overlook the people closest to us when, if they are the most important thing, we really need them to understand that and know that and feel that, um, because, we only have a limited time with, with them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they need to know that. And this, this, um, uh, actress in this story, uh, um, you know, he was a young family and owning a business and like all the things he's just, he's just like many of us we're trying to focus on protecting and, and taking care of his family. But, uh, in so doing, he was at the running the risk of, of, um, uh, ignoring or, or overlooking his, his, his daughters. And so, mm -hmm important take the time spend some time with your with your kids love them and that again i'm going to keep talking uh you had a recent you had a story you just shared uh about uh about an incident your wife had uh just after we recorded our last episode uh and mm -hmm. you you know not because we we studied it but uh potentially because we studied it who knows the spirit spoke to you and reminded you of some of the things we talked about and it helped you react differently to that circumstance. And I just thought, you know, that's pretty awesome that, that, uh, you know, that matters most. That's what's matter matters most, not, yeah, or, or having a chance to, to, to stick it to your wife a little bit. Yeah. I better, I better give it a little bit of that story. Uh, <laughs> so the last podcast that uh, Todd and I did was Christ like poise, which was a lovely, lovely podcast. And as part of it, it talked about having poison those storms, uh, a good man in a storm. And so today there was an incident with our vehicle that got wrecked and it could have been really expensive and it ended up being a certain amount of money. When I first heard about it, it was a text from someone else because they didn't have self-service as they were off somewhere else. 
and I was frustrated. And I probably justifiably, justifiably had a reason to be frustrated. And I had a time, a little bit of time to think about it. And then I thought, hey, we just did this podcast recently, Christ Like Poise. And I need to implement this stuff, not just talk about it, but implement it. So here's a storm, whether I'm justified or not in being frustrated. Uh, what matters most and, and how do I have this poise? And so it, I just completely deflated and just, that's okay. It is what it is. We don't have to assign blame. We don't have to go down that road. And how much better that made me feel, how much better that obviously made my spouse feel, and how much better that made everyone feel. I could have ruined everybody's day in like five minutes. <laughs> one, right, completely. One, one bad, poorly timed comment. And, you know, and yeah. like my wife probably felt bad enough knowing the circumstances yeah. that, that, that came up and, uh, you know, she didn't need. She didn't need that. She needed a loving and compassionate husband at the moment. Uh, yeah. And you, uh, you stepped up, or attempted to. Uh, and it, it sort of reminded. I was saying to Todd earlier before we started recording that this is why it's important to constantly come back to the scriptures, to constantly come back to things like general conference. If I could have heard this talk in April, and it could have been the most amazing thing in the world, and I would have completely forgotten it by now completely 100% forgotten it by now. And it would have done me absolutely no good. Yeah, and, you... But because we've made this decision to go through these, you know, general conference talks regularly, uh, it's completely changed. Like we've talked about before, what we get out of general conference. Yeah. And helps with our growth. Brings it, uh, brings it fresh into our memory. And, uh, you know, otherwise you may have read this, four months from now randomly and been like, well, that would have come in handy at this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a firm believer in the, the spirit uh, information uh, precedes good revelation. Uh, mm -hmm. The spirit can only remind us of things we're aware of. And if yeah. we're not in our memory or not you know, remotely fresh, he, you know, he may remind us of something we read when we we're eight years old, but likely uh, he's going to remind us something where we're more it's more fresh in our memory and more fresh in yeah. our brain, uh, because we'll be able to take that and run with it and um anyway it was a it was a wonderful only builder uh that that you shared with me so i appreciated it and yeah thank you it's good um which brings us to the next uh the the, the first real point here he goes um he talks about the, uh how how much he loves his kids and how much he wants to to, to show them that that he really is mindful of them. He, he goes, I testify that our heavenly father always remembers us and that he loves us perfectly. My question is this, and this is what he wanted. He, he talks about the rest of the talk almost. Do we remember him and do we love him? Mm -hmm. uh, those are a couple of questions. I think we could probably, we'd probably be well served to ask ourselves this regularly. How am I, how have I remembered my heavenly father today and how have i shown that i love him mm -hmm. and and if we struggle to find an answer uh then we we best uh you know just like showing our family we love them we best uh, identify something quick because uh you know if we're not doing it if we're, if we're not showing the action of doing something are we really do we really love him yeah yeah he jumps in, he talks about a, a, a youth that he had when he was a church leader. Uh, and he says, this kid was a stud. He was, uh, he was uh, kind, obedient, good. He had a great heart. 
uh, you know, but he got and it really, really uh, derailed this this kid's uh, um, potential or his not his potential, but his who he was and what he could do. And he he has a line here. He was hardly recognizable. Uh, the significant, the most significant change was in his eyes. The light in his eyes had dimmed. He goes, it was really tough to see him suffer and live a life that was not him, uh, knowing he was capable of so much more. His potential was still there, but he wasn't living up to that potential. Uh, he adds, he goes, then one day the mir- his miracle began. He showed up at a sacrament meeting. His younger brother uh, was getting ready to go on a mission. He shared his testimony. Uh, and uh, the, the young man, Danny, felt something that he had not felt in a long time. Um, so he, it opened the door, just a, a crack. Uh, and he goes, one afternoon, Daddy come, come by, and uh, we, we had a chat. We had a long chat. And he, he said, just talked about all the difficulties of, of trying to turn away from his lifestyle and, and uh, overcoming the addictions. And, and uh, his, his big concern was, uh, can I really be forgiven? Is there really a way back? And I think we can all probably appreciate this to a certain degree. And, and we've talked about this before, about how, uh, you know, when we're asked to be obedient, we're asked to be kind, we're asked to be whatever, that this applies to us and not to those people around us. This, you know, it, that these talks are for each of us individually. And, and so when we're thinking about is the atonement, um, is the... Father, our Savior's grace through the atonement uh, for us—it it absolutely 100% is. Uh, there's, we are never at a point where we're past that. Um, but it's 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 a it's a place that each of us individually have to recognize and have to come to. Well, I think this is, like you say, this is everyone has felt this at some point, and sometimes it's for things that are small that we don't realize maybe aren't that big of a deal. And sometimes it's for legitimate, terrible things that we've done. Yeah. But there is always this thought is, does the atonement actually work for me? Which is, until you've experienced it, it's hard to know that it does. And until you've gone through that process to experience it, it's hard to know that it does. Um, and so this, this guy was inspired, though. Yeah, because he talks to him and then he goes over Alma chapter 36 together. And so I'm just going to jump in here because I would never have thought to do this. (laughs) And I'm like, this is inspired. This is lovely. So he goes, he says, we read Alma chapter 36 together. Yea, I did remember all my sins and iniquities. Yea, the very thought of coming into the presence of my God did rack my soul with inexpressible horror. After those verses, Danny said, this is exactly how I feel. We continued. While I was harrowed up by the memory of my many sins, behold, I remembered also to have heard my father prophesy unto the people concerning the coming of one Jesus Christ, a son of God to atone for the sins of the world. And oh, what joy and what marvelous light I did behold. As we read these passages, tears began to flow. Alma's joy was a joy that he had been searching for. We discussed that Alma had been exceptionally wicked. However, once he repented, he never looked back. Then talks about that he turns into a prophet. And then he says, we discussed that while his sins did not rise to the level of Alma's, the same promise of complete and perfect forgiveness is made to everyone in and through the infinite atonement of Jesus Christ. 
He then continues on. He says, Danny's mighty change of heart was nothing short of a miracle. Over time, his countenance changed and the brightness in his eyes returned, which is really cool. And I don't know about you, Todd, but I have seen people when they've made choices and I understand fully the brightness in his eyes comment, the dimness mm -hmm. earlier, the brightness in his eyes. And it's not talking about just being at this time under the influence of something. Yeah. But the countenance legitimately changes. That's lovely. Yeah, I, Hank Smith has a really talk about it about glowing, and uh, and and it's and it is when you when you're present with the spirit, there's a different feel about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I heard a story. I think it was a turtle talk story about a man who was in a wheelchair. No, he didn't end up in a wheelchair, but he 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 basically ended up in a hospital room. And he had one specific orderly who just wanted to be in his room, and uh, he couldn't place why he. Mm -hmm. He just loved the the spirit that was present in that room, even though this guy was like unconscious half the time. Uh, there was something about him and something about his room that that he just wanted to be around. And and to me, it's that it's that glow of having you know the spirit of God with us. Mm -hmm. uh, and we talked about it again last podcast with the Moroni's quest. Once once the Savior uh, appeared, there was a there was a clear and terrible difference in not just the youth, but the adults and the leaders and how we all managed and discussed with each other, um, shared, loved, and, and uh, it was it was measurable. So it was, um, you know, I, I think the same applies with the other members of the Godhead when we get mm -hmm. to have them with us. Uh, really, uh, made different. Uh, he continues, he goes, Danny's mighty change of heart was nothing short of a miracle changed his brightness in his eyes returned he became temple worthy uh, after a few months i asked if he would be willing to submit an application for a full-time mission and uh he was shocked he didn't think he's like i i you know where i've been you know the things i've done i thought that i was past that i couldn't do it and uh, and he said well you may be right uh however there's nothing precluding us from making a request if you're excused at least you'll know you express a sincere desire to serve the lord so they they went through the process and he and uh, talks about his mission and how the mission president called and was like, what is the deal with this kid? He's amazing. And, uh, you know, just, just some of the, the amazing things he did. Uh, and he gets back. He gets back from his mission. And even though he served a two-year mission, had the spirit to be with him, he goes, he, the, Danny comes back to him and goes, do you think I have truly been forgiven? And he goes, now my tears accompanied his. Before me of Jesus Christ, who had given his all to teaching and testifying about the Savior. He was the embodiment of the healing and strengthening power of the Savior's atonement. I said, Danny, have you looked in the mirror? Have you seen your eyes? They are filled with light, and you are beaming with the Spirit of the Lord. Of course you have been for forgiven. You are amazing. Now, what you need to do is move forward with your life. Don't look back. Look forward with faith to the next ordinance. And, uh, you know, again, inspired response. Uh, Danny, his miracle continues. He's been married in the temple. He's gone to school. He's he's fulfilling his callings. He's doing the things uh, he needs to do to be the person he doesn't mean Danny's never messed up. I'm sure he's made plenty of mistakes. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's, 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 you know, showing that Christ-like poise we talked about last week. And, uh, and, and just loving and doing the things that he needs to, he needs to do. 
and I, I, I love this story. And when you recommended we cover this, I was like, when I, when I looked into it, I said, oh, this is the story talk that 90% of the talk is the story. But hmm. uh, it was such a good story. It's, I, I'm glad that you chose it. Awesome. And it's, it's lovely. I, I like there's a part where he talks about uh, the mission president had received an actual Alma the Younger, a modern day Alma the Younger. Yeah. Uh, because of the complete change, <laughs> which is a beautiful thing to think of. Um, and the atonement is true, like it's real. And sometimes we don't know if we felt it. Sometimes we can't piece together what that feeling is. And sometimes it is very strong and powerful. And I still remember, I've got an amazing, having this amazing feeling of forgiveness when I was a, a teenager and, a and messed up. And it took a while to get there. But just this absolutely uh, life-altering feeling of the Spirit testifying to me that I, I was forgiven, that I could move forward. And it was such a beautiful thing to get to that point. <laughs> so it makes me sad for Danny that he hadn't maybe experienced that right away. But it's, it's lovely, it's beautiful, and it's wonderful. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite i gotta be careful but it's one of my favorite parts of, of, of being bishop is working with people and helping them to recognize the atonement in their life and uh and i often point out that if we refuse to move forward we're and and try to do it on our own um, um neglecting to acknowledge the atonement in our life and mm -hmm. some people have come to the office and we've had discussions and they felt like they really needed to be disfellowshipped and needed like membership councils and like it was going to be bad and we just we worked through it and we worked through the handbook and i showed them line by line about what the recommendations were for what and we talked um their their repentance process and how they really felt about uh you know the the mistakes that they made and the anguish and the you know the 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 anyway it was like you suffered enough why would you need to suffer more mm -hmm. you know? Anyway, we, we, we talked about it at length, and it, it's been uh, it's been a, it's been an eye opening and a pretty awesome experience for me as a bishop to to participate in that. That's lovely. Uh, did you want to read the President Nelson? Sure. Quote? Yeah. That one. Uh, President Nelson, President Russell Nelson taught, without the Savior's infinite atonement, all mankind would be irretrievably lost. Danny wasn't lost, and neither are we to the Lord. He stands at the door to lift us, to strengthen us, to forgive us. He always remembers to love us. And again, our lo his love is not conditional. Love is for its own sake. We have not had to do anything to qualify for it. He I just absolutely loves us. We just need to, to feel of that love. Get to that tree of life. Partake of the fruit. And uh, stick around. And I love that talking about Danny wasn't lost. Right? Because... I've used that quite a bit, <laughs> that yeah. quote, like, oh, that's just a lost little kid as they're trying to adjust to life and they're just lost. Yeah. But our father in heaven knows where we are. And even if we're struggling, we're not lost. And that's, I love that. Yeah. I, uh, again, we're going to keep talking about Mornay's quest for the rest of the summer. It's going to happen. It's uh, got to. It was pretty I was, powerful. I was, I was, uh, Leha. Lehi, so I got to to lead the tribes out of Jerusalem and out of uh, into the wilderness, and 
got to camp, I got to lead. And the problem was we had to, they had to have time on our various stops. They had a time to disassemble, uh, you know, the tents and like all the things they were using, the, the props, uh, and transport them to the next location. So I had to stall for time. So I got lost, got us lost a couple of times. So if I got us lost and I, I said the, I joked that Layman was holding the thing upside down. And so we went the wrong direction. And then the next time we thought, let's, you know, acknowledge that we're lost and say, ask, ask Nephi to give a prayer and um, I'll kneel and I'll do the things. We were talking about doing this and the whole time the guy playing Nephi was distracted. So I was like, Sam, would you, would you pray? And he's like, I don't really feel comfortable ad-libbing a prayer. And, um, and uh, anyway, so we stopped and I told everyone and, and my wife playing Soraya was like, Nephi, would you do it? And Nephi, and she winked at him. What the heck? Thanks for that. And the first thing he says, he goes, Father, we're lost. And and just and we knelt down and everyone's absolutely silent. Layman Lemuel and their wives who played the role perfectly, they refused to kneel. And <laughs> and um but uh, they knelt through the prayer. But just that line, Father, we're lost. And I think you know, I heard from some of the adults who are who are at the very back of the whole procession. They said they couldn't hear much, but they heard his prayer distinctly, clearly, and they heard the the passion uh, and the plea that from from his voice uh, saying we're lost. And, um, and then you know he, he finished wrapped up his prayer, and uh, you know of course I knew where I was going, but uh, we looked at the Leah. Oh, wonderful! The Leahona is working according to our faith, and uh, the, the, onward, and we continued to follow the quad trail. Yeah. <laughs> And it was fine, but I just love that uh, father were lost, and and pleading with the father. And Danny wasn't lost, and we're not lost. Mm-hmm. And you're not lost if you're listening to this. You're not lost. Your yeah. father in heaven knows you and loves you, which brings into the next part. And this is what he ends his talk with, uh, talking about the Savior's love for God's children, recorded in the Book of Mormon. And we're gonna jump. I'm just gonna read it. It's just beautiful. When Jesus. Jesus had thus spoken, he cast his eyes round about again on the multitude, and beheld they were in tears, and it looked steadfastly upon him as if they would ask him to tarry a little longer with them. This is 3 Nephi 17, 5. The Savior had already spent a full day ministering to the people, yet he had more to do. He was to visit his other sheep. He was to go to his father. Notwithstanding these obligations, he discerned that the people desired for him to tarry a little longer. Then, with the Savior's heart full of compassion, one of the greatest miracles in the history of the world occurred. He stayed. He blessed them. He ministered to their children one by one. He prayed for them. He wept with them, and he healed them. His promise is eternal. He will heal us. To those who have strayed from the covenant path, please know there is always hope, there is always healing, and there is always a way back. I think of this... Uh, tying back to his very first story about a father and his daughter saying, Dad, don't forget that you love me or whatever. Oh, I might as well go back there and read the full thing. Dad, remember to love me. Love, Michelle. And I think of sometimes we say that our obligations are more important than anything. And they are. it's important to follow through on what you're supposed to do. We, I understand that. But if I have a daughter or a son 
or a spouse who needs love of some capacity and they are asking for it. It doesn't matter if it's in a, a different way than we think. The Savior set this example that he put everything aside for a little bit to make sure that they were ministered to one by one. And I think that's so beautiful because that's not something I don't think of that in. Okay, kids, I got to go to this thing. Uh, and that thing all of a sudden becomes the most important thing in the world. And I've got to be on time. So blah, 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 blah. See you later. Yeah. And I love this example that the Savior set and that ministering to their children one by one, taking the time. And I'm not saying I'm someone who likes to be on time. So I'm not saying be late to everything. But I'm saying that maybe I personally can take a little bit of time, a little bit of thought and say, hey, have I made sure that I love, have felt my love, that they know that they're loved before I go do something else? <clears throat> yeah. Do they know Do they know that they are a priority to us or do they mm -hmm. think or do they think we're an obligation or did they yeah. think they're an obligation out of that? But we, the last thing I want my kids to think is that they are an obligation to me, that they are a, a, an anchor or a weight that's slowing down. And it's not, it's not how it is at all. Mm -hmm. um, there was a story about um, the stripling warrior used as, as bait to, to attract the Lamanites and the Lamanites went and chasing after them. And the Levite army was supposed up to the Lamanites and they couldn't. They the, the stripling warriors were booking it so fast that the Lamanites were booking it trying to catch them and the Nephites were having to do double time to try and catch the Lamanites. And they were exhausted. And uh, they were still fighting this battle. The, the Nephites were fighting this battle against the, the Lamanites and warriors recognized that and they had a decision to make. They very easily, they fulfilled their, their deal but they very easily could have walked away but they went in and, and started fighting the land to save and protect uh, the Nephites who were, you know, to, to fill this plan. Uh, and, and it was related back to the church in these last days with the youth that we have. Uh, we want to protect them at all costs. And now the, the, the leadership and the parents and, uh, and the school teachers, they're all, and the seminary teachers, they're all doing everything they can to, to support and protect these youth. Uh, to the point where of utter exhaustion, and it's coming back and uplifting and edifying the the, the leaders. Um, and I felt that in my own life, and I'm grateful for it. And uh, um, you know, it's it's we, we want our our priorities to know that they are a priority, not an obligation. And. Uh, yeah. I love this. And, and our God is a priority. This last line, he goes, brothers and sisters, let us remember to seek him, to love him, and to always remember. He is a priority in our life. He should be a priority in our life. He should be, he should, mm -hmm. we should find excuses not. Um, and same goes for um, our, our, our covenants. Same goes for our families, our, our loved ones. Uh, they should all know that we're a priority. Uh, and it's important to have priorities. I'll, I'll leave, I'll end with this is, uh, I, 
did an elders quorum activity tonight where we did a steak dinner it was really fun we had steak we <laughs> went to a, a fellow member's home where we played some outdoor games like volleyball and he's got a little bit of a disc golf course so we played some disc golf and one of the guys i was joking with him about i enjoy disc golf but it's not a priority uh to me it doesn't usually win out over the things that I enjoy, like playing on my phone and wasting my time away. <laughs> so, uh, but it's, it is an interesting thing, unless we are intentional, we couldn't get through this podcast each time without saying the word intentional. That's... Uh, we've got to be intentional that things are a priority that people are loved in our lives. And I love you, Todd. I appreciate everything you do. You're just a rock star. So I bear testimony that as we put our families as priorities and not just being around them, like that's not a being in the same space isn't a full priority. It's interacting. It's making sure we're doing things that prove, that show love, that we can see those blessings and that forgiveness is true. It is there. And if you feel that you've not been forgiven in life, meet with your bishop. It'll probably be simpler than you think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then think. Don't be scared. That guy just wants you to feel Heavenly Father's love for you. And I can testify of it because that's all I really want. Well, I meet with. And I know how far I've came, and I know how far uh, others have came. And there's no that you are beyond the loving grace of our. Uh, savior jesus christ he will come and get you and and he will he will fills the gaps for us we just have to be willing to accept it uh i love you kevin i appreciate you thanks for uh you, spending time with us and i i uh, i love you and i'm grateful for you and and i hope you have a good camping trip i'm off to on a canoe trip the next couple of weeks so uh we'll be back uh mid-august and uh and uh hope you have a good time yeah, sleep well, buddy. Bye. Okay, talk later. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for tuning in to General Conference Review. We hope you've enjoyed our in-depth analysis and commentary on the latest conference talks from leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review. But please remember, there is no substitute for your own personal study of the conference talks. We encourage you to read and ponder on these messages and to share your own insights and experiences with loved ones, friends, neighbors, and apply the teachings to help you become a better disciple of Christ. Together, we can deepen our understanding and appreciation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for joining us on General Conference Review. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you in future episodes.